York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. And I'm kind of pissed. I'm here. I'm still here doing the show because the Knicks lost to the Bulls, pissed away the game, lose by one point, 118 to 117. RJ Barrett, though, had a phenomenal game, 44 points, four assists, seven rebounds, six of six from three, but had six turnovers. Randall had 29 points and three assists with 12 rebounds brunson rough game once again from him 12 points but nine assists on the night quickly seems to be waking up gave you 15 points and three assists on the night but at the end of the day when the game is on the line you have to make free throws 15 of 26 from the free throw line from these New York Knicks. Bruh. Horrible execution. Um, he, he did okay on the boards, but lost some key boards at the end of the game to Patrick Williams. Pissed away RJ Barrett's 44 piece. Didn't quite go for the 50 burger. And we're gonna talk about it all. The good, the bad, and the very, very ugly and but with this this look at this man before i get into details of the game hit the like button hit the subscribe button and you know what also remember to comment after the show is over because the comments help the algorithms and i also like interacting with you guys and reading those comments so and also shout out to fubu tv fubu tv has paired up with kot if you want to watch the knicks for free for seven days go to fubu tv and if you decide to purchase it we also get a cut so shout out to fubu tv where you can watch knicks other sports channels cable and there's no contract so shout out to fubu tv all right um, no Ryan G tonight. He tried to make it here for Christmas. He got caught up with some flights, but I do have my man, the Latin assassin, uh, Mr. ESPN contributor, posting, toasting contributor, Deadspin contributor, also one of the hosts of the KOT show, my man Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee, man? Well, <clears throat> I can feel your passion and frustration from here all the way in South sunny South Dallas, Texas. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel differently about this game tonight. Not to say I'm not pissed that we lost it because I think there's a game we absolutely should have won. Would have been nice to have went up against the Bulls and went 3-0 on them and sent them back to Chicago packing. But there were a lot of good things, I think, that came out of this game. A lot of positives, most notably and most obviously, R.J. Barrett. Not just digging himself out of a slump, but I feel like taking a step forward. And I've seen every shot he made tonight. I've seen him make that shot before. The difference for me was a confidence. Yeah. The confidence being guarded by a, a one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, and DeMar DeRozan, a guy who's a veteran who knows all the tricks, who doesn't fall for head fakes, a guy whose game mirrors his in some ways, 
I don't see that comparison as fully fleshed out as others make it, but there are some similarities and overlap between their game, especially as two guys that don't get flustered uh, and, and shook based on a bad performance or who's matched up against them. And I think R.J. Barrett really got out of his slump and pushed his game forward and how confident he was in his three-point stroke, yeah. how easily he got to the hole, and most importantly, he did not have a tunnel vision driving to the hole. He kicked out to the corners and found open shooters, most notably developing a very fluid and very promising two-man game with Julius Randle, something we've all wanted to see because of how similar their games are on the court and them being the same spots in order to operate efficiently. It was great to see him and Randle in it together and really playing off of each other. I got nothing bad to say about Randle, RJ, or Tibbs tonight. Bizarro land when Lee is the positive one and I'm the pissed one. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarro world. But um, I'll say this, Lee, as far as the outlook of the future and what this game means for this team um, as a developing wing moving forward, this is a huge step. For RJ back on in that perspective. So I do agree with that. Um, RJ has struggled to me. Um making the correct pass. You already heard Lee talking about the tunnel vision. Um, but I really loved his poise tonight. I think Jalen Brunson being in a Nick uniform has helped slow down the game from RJ Barrett. And when he plays with more pace, he seems to making the correct play more often than not. Not only that, um, the finishing has been a lot stronger recently. He's been getting his body into guys, absorbing the contact, and then looking to finish. It seems like he has more of a plan as well. So all of that on the R.J. Barrett side, I love. I also love seeing... Julius Randle become like a spot-up shooter secondary playmaker role for a lot of this game. Um, and I like that he was the guy who was able to take over the game with Brunson being down. And Brunson didn't have it going today. So I liked that RJ get, got to have the reps today of being the man and trying to make something. And I liked that the Knicks found something that worked and kept going to it in the fourth quarter. You know, R.J. Barrett going to his left, taking roll on the left side, going down, kicking it to Randall. Uh, Randall made it and won. And the next one, he had an open three. He missed the open three. But the fact that we were able to produce open looks milking the same play in the fourth quarter um, over and over again um, was great to see, especially after we weren't doing that a few plays before. We were stumbling and bumbling, as Clyde would say. So overall, for the, the development of this team, for a guy, we need, we, for us to take the next step, Lee, we need a, th a three who can make plays and shoot threes. Today, RJ Barrett made plays and shot threes, even a step back three. So I do agree with you on that. Yeah, right. and 
Go ahead. This season, I'm more interested in that than I am racking up 43, 44 wins, you know, being the sit seed, losing the first round in a tough sit game series, which is great and also helps development. But I'm more interested in investing in the kids, not just playing, but getting real-time, real-world reps at end of games and the games coming down to them instead of coming down to Julius Randle ISOs or Evan Fournier 3 or a a 10.4 quarter from Derrick Rose. I've seen all that. I know what that ceiling is. I want to see what happens to these kids in crunch time minutes and RJ really produced. I've been really harsh on Julius Randle and Tibbs. And tonight, I would be really harsh on Grimes and especially Jalen Bumson, who choked this game away with his bum, bum, bum ass free throws. We gotta talk about it, and we gotta right. have that same energy for Brunson that we do. I'm, I'm speaking this like for, in third person. Dog, you do for Randall. This is our biggest gripes today have been about Brunson and the free throws. Are definitely one thing that can happen, but that's not even the bulk of my gripes with Brunson today. The bulk of my gripes with Brunson um, is not even on the missed shots, even though I didn't like that he was going a little bit ISO today when it wasn't his matchup, he didn't have it, even though like that might have been it. The bulk of my gripe with Brunson today. Was the the first half defense, man? Um, the the free throws very obvious. We need to make free throws. I've seen there's a pattern happening with Brunson where if he doesn't have it in the beginning of the game, then he doesn't have it in the end of the game. He is not. It doesn't seem like he's a guy who's like, oh, I I started off rough and then I turned it on. It's like when Brunson doesn't have it. He doesn't have it for the game. So somebody else has to step up. So I'm proud that RJ stepped up. But for me, the biggest problem today was the defensive end. When I'm looking at the first half, I'm watching Dragic kill us from three. Like Levine can get his. I understand that. DeMar DeRozan could get his. I can understand that. But a lot of the times... When I saw the, the the defensive breakdowns from three in the first half was a big deal to me. It it, it looked like we were regressing. Our three point defense is regressing today. Uh, unlike to me when I watched the Raptors game when they were hitting like step back threes off the dribble, I take those. You know the Levine three where he shot it over Randall and Grimes. I'll take those, but when it's like bad pick and roll defense or when I'm noticing that Brunson isn't engaged on his help defense because he's sagging too much off of his man in the paint, not closing out that tragic, not closing out to um, who else was it? I think it was Patrick Williams one play. It was um, it was AO one play. Kobe White. Kobe White. Like the three points. Defense that got us this, this, this lead, this, this momentum where we were holding teams to under 27, 27 to under 30% from three. We need that tenacity back. That's what I'm really, really pissed at. Brunson's defense is what kept us from 
not just winning this game, but winning this game by double digits. I think if he would have played as good a defense as he has three to four to five games ago, we would have maintained a nine and 10 point lead for the majority of a game, opposing it being a one to two point swing back and forth uh, from the Bulls to us. I think it was his defense in the first half. Collectively, it was bad. Yes. I think they really they relied too much on the drop coverage. I think yes. Mitch played a little bit too many minutes as well. I, I wanted more Hartenstein and Sims out there together or Sims by himself because when Sims is out there, he's able to guard Vucevic on a perimeter. That's- and uh, uh, what's the power forward? Power forward's name, not Jalen Smith, uh, Patrick Williams. Yes. He's able to go out there and recover on Patrick Williams as well because he has a foot speed, mobility, wingspan, athleticism, you know, vertical, all those things to to put a hand to face and guard at three. It was too much Mitch, and Mitch has difficulty recovering on stretch bids when, right. they, when they're going off. And Vucevic is one of the most efficient ones from three and has been for his entire career. So, yeah, it was – I think when we went to Sims and Hartenstein in the second half, the defense tightened up, but not with Brunson. Because first it was Dragons cooking them, then Ayo had his turn, yep. and then Kobe White had his turn. All three took them to the paint, posted them up, yep. were playing the passing lanes, oh, made it up for shut them down. And that's not really the most – Ayo is a very good defender, but Dragic and Kobe White are not known as elite defenders. So when you're getting different looks – and, you know, there's opportunities where you have the, the ability to cook in a pick and roll when you're able to get a defender that you know you can take to the hole and you're still getting shut down and you can't stop him on other end too. This game's on Brunson. You know, yeah. I know we, we know Brunson by now in a post-game conversation. He's going to take full accountability. He's going to say he needs to recommit to def- defense. He's going to say all the right things. But that only goes so far when there's games on the line and you break two free throws. Like, yeah. I'm going to need to see a major turnaround on Christmas Day against Philly, for me to jump back on the bandwagon. And I mean, he's my favorite player right now, but we got to be harsh. I was harsh on Randall. We got to be harsh on Brunson and Quentin Grimes, who bricked two major free throws tonight, too. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Like, I'm with you all the way with that, Lee. I'm not off the Brunson train because of two bad games. He gave us a lot more good games than bad. So I'm not off the Brunson train. But, like, listen, there was in the beginning of the season, I kind of talked about Brunson struggling against the taller, lankier guys. And for a minute, I thought he might have figured it out. But today, that was not the case. You know, Ayo was 6'4 with long arms, and obviously it bothered him. Um, So we're going to have to adjust to that. Uh, And actually, we kind of did for the most part. We just have to close games when Brunson doesn't have that matchup. Um, But uh, on top of that, we're going to have to also adjust to Brunson getting double teamed as well and getting to and getting him some help getting to to the open spots to get him some help um but like I said the offensively though we we I feel like we adjusted but like you said Lee it's really the defensive end to me and and the miss free throws he has to get out of his head he has to snap out of that this might not have been the day for for Brunson to get a lot of minutes and Mitch as you said Lee for real there were games and 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 Brunson. There's no reason why Jalen Brunson need to play 38 minutes tonight. There's, I, I, you know, we're hearing rumors that he's still hurt, he's still injured. Play him 25, 27. 
up Miles McBride's minutes from 10 to 18, up Quentin, uh, Emmanuel Quickly's minutes from 21 to 30. Let these guys get, get the majority of a lion's share of minutes because Quickly was not having trouble with AO or, or Kobe on switches or right. in man-to-man situations. He was getting his shot. His three-point stroke was on, and he was getting to the hoop, getting fouled. I would have liked to have seen more Deuce McBride and more Emmanuel Quickly instead of uh, Jalen Brunson tonight. And I said the same thing about sitting – uh, Randall at moments in, in the season and playing Sims or, or playing Reddish the four, playing Obi. You know, the same thing goes for anyone whose shot is off and is getting cut on offense and defense. I want him to sit, and Tibbs should have made that decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was one part, there's one part where when <laughs> there's one part when Clyde was like, you know how Clyde is with his plus minus minus stats. RJ Barrett is the only one with a positive plus minus minus out of all the starters. That's because all the starters, but RJ sucked on defense. All right. They, they, they all did. And when RJ went in with that second unit, things started cooking. We started to push the lead. So kudos to the second unit. And I also do agree. Yeah. We needed more. We needed more quickly today. Yeah. Quickly. Don't look now. He's, he's snapping out of his slump. He didn't really have it from three today, but hit some tough shots, played some great defense. There was even a play where Vujicic was open for three and and uh, quickly rotated off his man to guard Vujicic, and he didn't I finally didn't get a clean look. I would have liked to see a lot more quickly today, for real, for real, for real. Uh, and um, even Mitch, um. Mitch had problems too. I did like how he fought. He only had six rebounds today, but the, the scouting report on Mitch is out. So the Bulls, a lot of the time when the ball goes up, you'll see there's two guys boxing out Mitch to prevent him from getting those offensive rebounds. So he didn't get a lot of those offensive rebounds today, but um, he did cause a lot of like um, turnovers because he tipped the ball away from those guys late. So even though it was a rough outing for Mitch, I, I do like the way he battled today. Um, but like you said, I, I still want to see uh, some Sims today. And But Lee, what, I, I got a question for you, Lee. Quentin Grimes, what, what was up with Grimes today, man? I love the offense in the first half. He, he, you know, he started the game off great drilling that first three, and I thought he developed – Similar to what Randall and Fournier had uh, last year, that two-man chemistry. I think him and Randall are starting to form, uh, have a two-man game going in, in the pick and roll, and and then you know Grimes just set the pick, and then you know lead back down to the three-point line and get ready in case Randall the defense collapses on Randall. There's a nice little chemistry growing there between those two. Yeah. Randall's a great passer too, so you, you know that the passes there is going to be crisp, and Grimes will have a nice look at the basket. But it was more about his lateral movement, staying in front of guys. And that cutting that we saw, there were moments where he cut and, you know, some of the guys with the ball missed him on a perimeter for yeah. those backdoor passes. But for the most part, he was a step slow. You know, I, I didn't see that the same level of, of boost in that first step um, running around the court. There were moments where he just kind of sagged and stayed in the corner opposed to giving some secondary action that he usually does when he when he has, you know, his full health in him. So I thought maybe he was dealing with some nagging injuries and yeah. he was just fighting through it. He seems that that type of player, him and Brunson are both those type of guys. I'm sure both are dealing with nagging injuries. But if you're playing, you're going to be criticized. You know, you're putting yourself out there on the court, and your your game is is going to speak both a negative and a positive when the game's over. And we lost not because of you know injuries, but both those guys mentally 
um, failed in crunch time to hit their free throws. So, you know, it was disappointing game on offensive side in the second half for Grimes and defensively almost overall. Yeah, I agree. Maybe he wasn't ready defensively. I think this is, this is one of those tough matchups for Grimes because um, Levine is taller. And it's crazy because, listen, people are saying this is the guy. People want Levine. He sucks. I'm like, dude is coming off an injury. Like, he's going to start to turn it up. Today, Levine turned it up. And honestly, he had a lot of wide open mid range jumpers today. He could have even hit more today, to be to be honest with you. But um, for for Grimes, I kind of feel like we're getting scouted now. I feel like they scouted him before Grimes could head fake and dish it to Mitch. I feel like there was two or three times where they was looking for that little dish to Mitch and it caused the turnover. Um, so it, it, it's one of those things where we played each other in so close proximity from last week to this, to, to this um, last week to today, it almost, it's like playoff-esque where they kind of really like, all right, this is, these are grime tendencies. So I feel like that had a lot to do with um, some of his turnovers, turnovers as well. And the three point shot just wasn't hitting today. Um, that, I think uh, we got it from, from um, RJ Barrett today. But if we got it from Grimes today, that could have helped. And just the free throw shooting. That playoff atmosphere you were describing and that you know, level of scouting, that makes R.J. Barrett's game that much better. Absolutely. Because there's, there's two other full games of tape within the last week you know, that, that are able to chart his tendencies in the here and now. And he was still able to, to fight through those steams and that extra attention to get anything he wanted in the paint, in the mid range from three. I mean, he was, he was drained threes with DeRozan wrapped all over him. And it was really great to see. It was a confidence too, yeah. not to pass out or, you know, to try to do his patented little like wheat pump fake and wheat drive to the basket with his head down and his, his body all out of sorts. It was really nice to see him confident and using his body to create distance between him and the defender, which he did multiple times tonight, driving to the hoop. And I was really proud. He would drive left. And then finish right, drive right, finish left. I was like, damn, man. RJ Barry got the whole bat tonight. And he has it against two above average defenders in Levine and DeRozan, which was really nice to see, man. You know, so I'm 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 feeling some type of way that we lost because the game was right there for the taking. And it came down to free throws. And it's like, man, the two guys who I didn't think would choke, Brunson on free throws and Grimes on defense, choked. But there's a lot to be happy about. I, I like the overall game from Julius Randle, liked the nine-man rotation tonight. Uh, on both sides of the ball, and I loved what R.J. Barry did in terms of his confidence. I just think we, if we would have had more quickly instead of Grimes, I mean, instead of Brunson, we would have pulled this out. I agree. It's a, listen, there's something, Fred Katz wrote something earlier, and uh, somebody else also mentioned this. Something I didn't take to account is one of those things that if you're not in the NBA, maybe you don't know nuances like this. But, you know, they just wrote about how R.J. Barrett was a free agent. And because he was a free agent, he didn't really get to play, you know, five on five ball and pick up. He was pretty much working out by himself until he signed his deal. So he talked about how it was weird for him not actually playing basketball for the first few months. Um, first three months after the season was over and finally being able to play some pickup after he signed his deal. So I know, you know, we, we, we talk about RJ Barrett and his slow starts, 
Um, he definitely had a slow start again this season, but maybe this season was an, uh, was a little bit different because of when he actually started to play pickup again. And also, don't look now, Christmas has come early for RJ Barrett. He started to pick it up over the last like 10 to 15 games. So hopefully this is a trend and it goes up. I've talked on this program a few times about how high efficient, I mean, low efficient, high volume scorer, Kemba Walker struggled his first three years and put it together in his fourth year and finally became an efficient scorer. Um, this is RJ Barrett's fourth year. Hopefully it's starting to trend for him as well. So kudos to RJ Barrett. It better. It better. He finally has a point guard. There's no more excuse. Yeah. He doesn't have point Randall running the show or the broken, grinded-out knees of Kimba Walker or small forward Alec Burks. He's got a real bona fide, above-average all-star point guard. But he, he, the game should come to him. If it didn't happen this season, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for him to take the next step, I need to see a little bit more of this. He's hitting the standstill threes. He started to make more plays. When the game is on the line, can you make can you make ISO plays to finish the game? He had that today. That that fadeaway was a great sign around that foul line towards the end was a great sign. And also the the play where he backed the Rosen into like the two to the the 10 foot range and had like a little fadeaway in the paint when he had the nice touch. I really like that play from RJ as well. That's something that I really wanted him to develop. And also the, the off the dribble three with the shot clock going down. All those plays I liked from RJ today. I just need him to keep that up and so we can get to the next level. Um, but yo, salute to the chat. We have the phone lines up if you want to call. 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. The number flashes on the screen. We are definitely taking calls if you want to vent. If you want to, you know, look at the bright side, call in and we'll talk to you. And I mean though, in the meantime, though, shout out to you guys in the chat. It says shout out to Roberto Rivera, picks for Timmy. Um, shout out to Greg who's in the chat. Shout out to S. Parker. I feel like I haven't seen S. Parker in a minute. Shout out to you, S. Parker. And everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. All right. Um, any comments you want to point out, Lee? I feel like I saw a comment that I wanted to address. Alan C., I see you. I don't think I've seen you before, but shout out to you. You talking about comments in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'll give you one I agree with and, and one that I might WTF. Uh, the one I agree with <laughs> is my main man, S. Parker, that said that Brunson's not as clutch as we need him to be. And I, I think so far I would agree with that. There's been a, there's been a few times here of late um, that, that that first quarter of the season, uh, Dwayne has washed off a little bit in late game situations. And, you know, it's coming down to free throws and, and wide open shots and defense that's kind of been his Achilles heel ever since he got injured. So I'm hoping maybe once he gets a little bit uh, to better health and playoff time comes around, because I do believe we will be in the playoff hunt, if not the play-in, probably the sit seed. 
Uh, we don't need him. I mean, he's going to yeah. be our go-to guy in every situation. If it's a free throw, a mid-range, or a three, it's going to be Jalen Brunson with the ball in his hand more than, than Randall and RJ. So I do agree with that. Uh, he's not where we need him to be, but I have faith he can get there. And then uh, the the super goofy WTF is my boy Greg, who's been trolling this whole time in the chat, <laughs> like mad trolling. Uh, can't tell if it's performance or not, but he's doing a great job of it anyways. Says that Randall's not a good passer. And I bet the difference, sir, I think for a, a big, he's been a really solid passer his entire career. He's only gotten better with the Knicks when he was forced into a role where he had to be a point forward because we didn't have an actual um, above average NBA level point guard. Uh, shout, shout out Elfer Payton. And I think he's done a pretty good job as a secondary playmaker this season with Brunson at the helm. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this about Brunson. In the, within the first, let's see, month and a half, Brunson was rated top five clutch performers at the um, in the NBA statistically. Now, what I'll say is there has been a pattern where Brunson will go off in a, those clutch moments for like the last five minutes of the game, and then he'll miss that last shot. Or he'll miss that last free throw that we need to, to get over the hump. So it's it's kind of interesting where I do agree with you. And I also feel like, you know, he has shown clutch moments at the same time. Today was one of those games where I agree that last, he need those free throws. We definitely need those free throws. He hasn't hit a clutch. I don't think he's hit clutch free throws here. Also, because I do remember yeah, him right. clanking um, some free throws to win a game a few weeks ago. And I think he needs to kind of get out of his head when it gets to that for sure. Um, but yeah, and with the Randall thing, with him being the passer, I kind of criticized Randall's passing here before. I kind of felt like his 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 passing has been like very basic. Because you know he's a big guy, so he's forced to double, so people have to double. So he, to me, he's made like a very basic elementary reads when he's been here, um, and like he and he's also got a lot of passes, assists of screening and just kind of handing the ball off. But um, I do have to give him credit this season. I feel like he's gotten a little bit better making better reads and quicker decisions um, in general for with Randall. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I get it, but I, I gotta give Randall credit for actually growing this year. And maybe a lot of that has to do with Brunson being here and not having to show the line share of the playmaking. But, um, I do like the, the step that, uh, Randall's playmaking has made this year. I don't know. I disagree. I think for someone who's played power forward his entire career, and hasn't been asked to, to be the point forward until he got to New York. Mm -hmm. I think he's a little bit better than just, uh, simple like ABC reads. I think he actually has players on this team that he's developed chemistry with. Uh, like last season, it was uh, three seasons ago, it was Reggie Bullock. Mm -hmm. Uh, this last season, it was Evan Fournier. I think this season, it's Grimes and even RJ and Brunson to a degree. I think he misses the bids sometimes when Mitch yeah. is rolling to the basket, but he does have an above average IQ when it comes to finding shooters, especially when he collapses the defense driving in because uh, he knows he's going to draw that attention. And he's, he's, it feels like he has eyes in the back of his head a lot of time to find those guys, not just in the corner, but the top of the key too. So I want to give him his practice. I've been hard 
I, yeah. I've doubted him a lot for a lot of different things, but I do think he's an above average passer and he utilizes it and Tibbs utilizes it too. Uh, unlike Hartenstein, who I wish we would utilize a little bit more in that role and capacity. But Tibbs has used Randall there as a secondary playmaker, and I think he's done a pretty good job. It looks better now, too, that we have Brunson yeah. opposed to when we have Burtz at the helm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I'll disagree with you with this one year. Uh, this one, Lee. I'll, I, I mean, I get it, though, but I always felt like a lot of this passes to, to Brullock was like, I screen you. I screen your man, and you do like a little curl. I hand it off in three or drive the driving kick double like the driving kick like like this rj this passes that rj make where he drives and kicks to like the man not at the three the corner three but at like the elbow like those passes would be like okay that's that's a crazy read i, I, just I don't disagree Hmm? I don't disagree. I think RJ is a better passer than Randall. Now, I'm not saying that Randall is a true point forward. I'm saying he's an above average passer for a big. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. And I, I do not think he's a bad passer. I think he's above average for a power forward. Gotcha, you, gotcha. Not calling him Jokic, not even calling him Hartenstein. Nah. <laughs> Heart light? <laughs> call Heart I actually, I, I did see another comment I wanted to bring up that I think Ryan touched on the last time that the three of us were on the show. Let me see where it is. Oh, here it goes. Craig Ward has a really good point, but I've been wanting to hear what you have to say on this. Okay. Where would Obi fit when he returns? We've had this conversation before. Like, I mean, we already know what's going to happen. He's going to be the power, backup power forward. Sims is going to sit down. But there's been matchups where, like, even today, today, the Sims. Today, the Sims Hartenstein lineup panned out defensively, and we really needed that defensive push. Today might have been one of those games where I can see um, OB struggling, you know, to to defend for real. Um, there was a game the other day that where I felt like, oh, this might we might have needed OB this game because we're struggling on the 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 offensive end. But um, listen, Hartenstein hit a three today. If you can start hitting those corner threes, that might change certain things. But uh, I, I agree. It, it, it's harder to to slot Obi in in certain matchups, but Obi's going to get his minutes. Um, we have a longer term goal for Obi, and Obi just can't afford to sit. So Obi will get his minutes, and hopefully he'll start to pick up um, closer to where he left off in the beginning of the season, where he's hitting threes and getting better on the defensive end. Even though we needed that defense to to get even better. For us to be prosperous uh, moving forward this season, I don't know where you see Obi this year. That's that, that's a fair analysis. I think that I agree with with most of that. I think Tibbs is going to make him earn his minutes back. I don't think there's going to be a guaranteed slot right back into his role. Role. Um, I think you're going to see uh, Hartenstein be the first big off the bench, uh, even when Obi returns. I just I have a feeling for that. Not just the front office politics that are at play, but I think the way that Tibbs is, he's because he he wasn't starting to begin with. I think he's going to have to work his way back into the the rotation. He'll probably give him 10 to 14 minutes starting off, and then he'll get boosted back up to the 18 that he was averaging before he got hurt. But he's going to have to he's going to have to, to seamlessly fit in defensively. And if he becomes a liability when that second unit comes in, especially as the second unit is so strong when McBride and Quickly are paired yeah. with Grimes, McBride and Quickly are paired with RJ, like we saw today, that's a really strong perimeter defense. And if Obi is is failing, you know, as that is that secondary help. Or that the last line defense in the paint, 
I think he's going to get yanked. I think we're going to see that that same short leash that he's had on his last couple of years. So I'm rooting for Obi. I hope he's paying attention and watching a lot of film so he can get in and and know his spots and and know his rotations. But it's going to be on him to to hit him and hit him crisp. I don't don't think so, man. Like, I'm starting to feel like the, the, the front office has their strings in certain players getting minutes. It could have been for Cam as well at the beginning of the season. And I think they're just way too invested in Obi Toppin to have him sit for Hartenstein and Sims. He's the eighth pick of the draft. He's Leon Rose's pick. That would be the the headlines. Obi bench for sit like that would go crazy. I can't I don't think I can see that happening. I don't think I can see that happening with this regime. That would that would the optics of that would be totally crazy. Totally, totally crazy. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No, no. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to bench him for good, but the front office has no problem with him having a short leash. That's been the case since he got drafted here, and that hasn't really changed. Maybe this year before he got injured, he was playing a little bit more than usual, but it was still under 20 minutes a game. So I think it's going to be right back at that probably 12 to 14 starting out when he's getting his foot in the game, getting back in the game shape. But Tibbs going to have – right now the defense is winning his games. You, the defense you, was behind that that nine game win streak. So you so think you think because Tibbs is a stickler right now. He's ten. He's nine man rotation or bust. So you're yep. saying that either Randall is going to play more minutes, or or are you saying that Sims is going to take some of Ob's minutes? Sims, yeah. I don't think I don't think it'll be Randall. I think he's enjoying Randall only playing thirty to thirty five minutes, opposed to like the whole damn game that he was these last two seasons. Because it's giving Randall a little bit of an opportunity to to be more of a facilitator and rebounder yeah. and not have to carry the scoring load so much. It's going to be Sims that offsets Obi's minutes because Sims is coming in and giving you the he's the best big defender we have outside of Mitch. I would put him number two because of his ability to rotate on the perimeter and guard a three ball. So it's going to be Sims that eats up his minutes more than anyone else. I I'd be shocked if it goes ten. I'd be shocked if he goes to a ten man rotation after that going nine for so long. Be a hell of high water, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. man. Salute to the chat. I see Manchow says Brunson Brunson struggles against bigger guards. You've been saying that. Like, there's gonna be matchups. Like here, here's the like here's the 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 advantage of having three guys who can get you buckets. If Brunson doesn't have a favorable matchup because he has this tall, lanky guard on him. Um, now you can go to R.J. Barrett now that he's stepping up. And you can go to Randall, he's stepping up. Out of one of those three positions, we can have the offensive advantage somewhere, you know? So uh, that's why this game meant a lot, even though it sucks that we lost, because we got to see what it would look like if somebody else really took the reins and almost got went off for a career high today. All right. All right. Salute to the chat. No one's calling in, so I might. Maybe we end this early. No one wants to call in, but shout out to the chat. Shout out to Manchild. Uh, shout out to Shaz Hamain. He says, this loss really hurts. Missing five free throws back to back. Yeah, I understand, man. All right, all right. Anybody new in the chat? And also let us know where you're from, and we'll give you a shout out. We'll definitely give you a shout out. Next game up is Christmas. Before wait, before I talk about that Christmas, doesn't the RJ Barrett dunk on Vujovic? 
that might be the best dunk. Yo, the Zui just has, but Zui just just have like a dunkable face, cause the, the way. <laughs> oh man, I enjoyed that. Even though we lost, that that I need that poster. Me too. I need that poster. But um, next game up though, Knicks versus 76ers. I don't know. What do you think of that matchup? Is this is gonna be a barn burner? Christmas Day game. I want this win. I really want this win on Christmas, man. At home, let's get it. Someone had a thread on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. It said that the Knicks' uh, most often opponent throughout the years has been the Philadelphia 76ers. That those have been the team that we play the most on Christmas since the inception of the league. That's true. Why is that? That's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it, interdivisional. That's true. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It's going to be a rough one, too, man. And beat is... That matchup of Embiid... Embiid is on a mission right now. So I'm yeah, really is. worried about that Embiid-Mitch matchup. I heart's going to get cut. Man. We're going to need all our bigs. Because those guys rack up fouls like nobody's business. Yep. We're going to need all our bigs. Shoot, we might need Cam... We not need dudes. We not need everybody for between him and Harden. Lord, Lord, these these fouls. Ah, uh, oh, we got Big Reaper. Hold on, we got a, a caller on the line. Big Reaper, Big Reaper. Let us know what you want to talk about, sir. It's been a minute. Hey, so guys, thanks for taking my call today. Yeah, I mean it's uh you know it's great that their offense is starting to click, especially RJ and. Julius, uh, I think they're finding what, you know, basically the comfort spots on the floor, and they're getting to it, which is good. Uh, but I think, you know, the problem is always with this team is always going to be with defense. If they play defense, they win. If they don't, yeah. if they don't play defense and they don't rebound, they're not going to win. Facts. So it's just, you know, I think it's just pretty much that simple. You know, they're playing great on offense. They just need to take advantage of that and like, just start playing some deep, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got to say. About really simple. Um, and I, I, I really, yeah, because I really think sometimes they think they can turn it on and off. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I just I don't know if they can. I, it's clear they can't really. If you let like these NBA players get going, there's a lot of them. It just becomes impossible once they get going. So you just got to play defense from the start and make them uncomfortable. So, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Thanks. Man. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Reaper, for calling. Yeah, it's really simple. 100% agree, Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, really simple. The free throws are a big deal. Three-point defense has been bad. After holding teams under 30% for all this time, they shoot 45% from three. Dragic was going off from three. These no-names was having wide-open looks. Like, we have to keep that defensive intensity. Now, granted, fourth quarter came. It seemed like the Knicks was like, oh, it's winning time. Let's turn it on. You know, <laughs> but we got to have that thing happening in the first half as well. We just can't turn it on and turn it off defensively when we want to. Um, so um, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, I'm with you, Reaper. All right. I've t- we talked about everything we need to talk about. That is our show. Next game up. We are here. Christmas. All 82 talking Knicks basketball. If you want to watch, if you want to talk Knicks basketball after the game, you already know where to be. 
right here with the KOT show. Christmas Day game. It's going down. And you better be happy because I told my mom and my sister and my girl I'm going to be a little bit late to open gifts and eat macaroni and cheese. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm eating late macaroni and cheese and open my gifts late to be with y'all. <laughs> so tune in with us on Christmas and we'll be here talking next basketball, hopefully talking about it next week. All right. All right. Oh, shout out to Boston Nick, man. I see you in the chat rock with us. Shout out to Man Child. Shout out to Greg. Uh, and everybody else who's, who's rock with this show and all the new guys as well. Uh, if I hope you like the show. If you do, hit the like and subscribe button. Super chats are also welcome. Helps keeps the lights on. All right. All right. That is our show. Lee Escobedo, Blind Assassin. Let them know where they can find you, sir. I'm always on Twitter, uh, causing a scene at underscore Lee Escobedo, L E E E S C O B E D O. Actually, had a piece come out today. I'm really proud of it. It was a personal one about uh, my mental health struggles growing up and mm. having some suicidal thoughts and my relationship with my father and how all that ties into to the Knicks. Um, there was a special one for me to write, happy for the come out around the holidays. That was for the Guardian, which is a pretty good opportunity, a huge opportunity to write for an international publication and spread my love for the Knicks and my reason for being a fan. I just dropped that in the chat. I hope y'all enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Like if if you agree with Lee's takes or not, Lee is a brilliant writer. Definitely read the article. Very touching article. I had to hold back a thug tear reading the article, but <laughs> Great article, very well written, and um, definitely go check that article out. Shout out to my guy, Lee. Thank you, boss. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Great to have you, Lee. Great. I love the addition of Lee uh, on this show, for sure. For sure, for oh, sure, man. for sure. Uh, all right. Um, you already know what it is, man. You can follow us in a few different places, and I'm going to let you know real quick. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to the podcast. You can find us, the KOT. Get those snapbacks, black and white and blue and orange at thenickatimeshow.com. All you got to do is go there and hit catalog. There's a little button that says catalog. Hit that. You get your KOT snapbacks and whatever merch you want as well. Also, follow us on the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram and Facebook. Also, one last shout out to FubuTV.com. If you go to FubuTV.com slash KOT, you can get Fubu TV for free. Uh, MSG for free for seven days and watch the Knicks. And if you decide to actually purchase it, Nick, uh, KOT gets a cut. And you get to watch Martin, Fresh Prince, Knicks, and other sports channels as well. And enjoy your cable experience. And it's no contract. So shout out to FUBU TV for um, rocking with us. All right. All right. Where's my little screen? Where's my little screen? That is our show, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. And you guys know the drill. All right. As always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. We back on Christmas, baby. That's our show. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. Uh, I'm